Amen. If, once you've greeted someone, you may be seated. So good to see everybody and so glad to be with you. This is the day the Lord hath made and he's afforded us the opportunity to take advantage of life. And that's our topic today is choose life choose life and it's a choice that we can make and you know I've found out that the thing that I'm focused on is where I arrive amen the thing that I'm focused on that's the place that I'm going to arrive at amen anybody want to miss that pothole if you focus on it you're probably going to hit it amen I've ridden motorcycles most of my life and I've realized that uh, you got to look out ahead Amen. To evade the trouble. You can see it, but if you focus on it, you're going to run over the problem. And so uh, I've come to realize that I need the grace of God in order to be able to give the grace of God away. That I need mercy in my life working so that I can give mercy away. Amen. This is so important for us to catch because in our culture right now, in our world, Amen. The idea of being fair, everybody living in a dynamic where there's justice available all the time. Amen. Have y'all, have y'all figured out how to have justice yet? Amen. Today is the, the uh, anniversary of 9-1-1. Amen. And if you're not careful, you'll begin to rehearse that day. Amen. And, and the tragedies that happened on that day, and it'll work you up into a lather, so to speak. And uh, retribution becomes the thing. You'll begin to focus on things need to be more fair. Justice needs to be in play. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so in life as children growing up, we cry to mommy and daddy because... Bobby is not being fair. He's picking on me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we're taught as children growing up, amen, even with mom and dad, because mom and dad most of the time hold the idea of making things fair. I'm going to pause and let that hit you for a moment. And then after we get this thing fair and we we apply the justice dynamic now we'll work on forgiveness does anybody know what i'm talking about and uh letting go of it but we first got to get the playing field where it belongs and and ladies and gentlemen that's never going to happen the only way the playing field gets leveled is by one and his name is jesus he leveled the playing field two thousand years ago He's the only one that can. He's the only one that could. He was, he's the only hope for any of us. Amen. And um, the challenges are going to continue to remain. But we have a decision to make today. Every day we get up, every waking moment, we have a choice to make. We can either choose life or we can choose death. Amen. I'm going to read that to you. And God makes that appeal to, amen, the, his people. To make a choice. Now, in our world, we're gathering information all the time, aren't we? And if you gather information 
and you study and you gather so much information, but it does not create a dynamic or your character is shifting and you're changing, amen, the right direction. Of course, you can gather information that go the wrong direction and your character can go down and you can bear the image of some, uh, of um, who you don't want to bear the image of. We'll call him the devil if you want to. You may have a different name for him, like uh, John or James or Betty or But the pursuit of study and gathering information that creates a dynamic where you're changing into an image that's attractive, that's productive, amen, that's accommodating, that, that gives good news away and hope and joy, and, and you just can't stop hanging around whoever that is, amen. That's good information to get. But I've come to realize our world is full of information that's not coming from him. And I want information from him. Matter of fact, the religious world is taking this book called the Bible that we cherish. Amen. And it's producing information, but it's not from heaven. And, and it's, it's information that's not perceived correctly. It's not understood on the level it should be. And instead of it bringing life, it brings death. It judges us. Did y'all know that you can take that book called the Bible, and before you get through with it, if you don't have the presence of God helping you, you're condemning everybody around you? Because it'll measure darkness and light, and, and I'm, I'm going to be found on it. I need God's presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's hope. In his presence, there's life. So apart from the presence of God, we're not going to ever get intelligent enough and smart enough, so to speak, to achieve who God says we are. We can only achieve our identity in him in his presence. Amen. That's why you feel the presence of God today. That's great. Amen. Don't be satisfied with just feeling Amen. The presence of God. Ask God to give you a desire and a hunger and a thirst to be filled with the presence of God. Amen. We have not because we ask not. You don't have to beg him to take ownership of his house. He already owns it. All he needs is an invitation from you because he's given you the choice, either open up or don't. Your, your call. You can open up to life or you can stay close to it. And, but he's asking us to make a simple choice today. Amen. And I want to talk about what choosing life really looks like from God speaking to us today. And so we're going to read here in... Um, Deuteronomy 30, let me, let me say this before I read that passage. His 12, one of them has already hung himself, and 11 are hiding, eating lunch with one another, 
and they're reflecting over the injustices that just happened the last three days. And they're having heartburn. Matter of fact, they ain't out in the public because they're afraid for their own lives. Anybody ever been there before? Well, maybe you hadn't been afraid for your own life, but amen. Have you ever been intimidated to talk about Jesus outside of wherever you feel comfortable and safe? Think about that for a moment. And so Jesus has come out of the grave and he walks through the wall into that room. And notice what he says in Mark 16, 14. He appears before the 11 apostles and uh, he corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. Amen. Just want you to pause and consider that for a moment. He rebukes them and corrects them for having hard hearts, unbelieving hearts. Now, there was a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene that came and told them, the Lord is risen. And they still ain't believing. Two guys on their way to Emmaus, Jesus joins with them, has a moment of breaking bread with them, and then they realize it's him. And they run back to Jerusalem, and this 11 won't believe that neither. Now I'm talking about 11 disciples that went with him from town to town seeing mighty miracles, signs and wonders, the evidence that, that truly this is the Son of God. And they're bellyaching and sucking their thumb over the injustices that just happened. Ain't fair and ain't right. He didn't do nothing to anybody, and they're just, they've all agreed that this is dead wrong, and every one of them gonna go to hell and burn in fire. Pretty much. And they've gotten so worked up with the injustices that happened to a man that didn't deserve anything that came to him that they can't even hear. And their heart has become hard. I want to suggest to y'all today that. If you're pursuing fairness in our world, if you're pursuing justice in your life and you've been treated or mishandled in any way that might be incorrect from your measurement, all that'll do is make you harder and less able to hear what God's saying. Don't you pause and just think about that because we're going to find out what choosing life really looks like from heaven's lens, and I don't have long to do this, but I get just enough time for the Spirit of God to do what only He can do. I can't do it, but He can. And so, it goes this way, and, and, and remember this, that uh, God has purposed in all of us to uh, experience Him before we change. Amen. God made it so that we could experience life change through his spirit and be empowered to trust him when he speaks his word. So God is not going to talk to you today. The spirit's not going to come and utter into your spirit, amen, and expect you to trust him unless he gives you an experience, amen, of empowerment to do so. So everybody say, whew, man, that makes it better because you don't want to. You don't want God to speak, and I mean, I, 
I would love to believe what you're saying, Lord, but I don't. And he's aware of that. That's why he's long-suffering. That's why he's full of grace. He's always given mercy, and he's forgiven us. I've dropped the ball many times. Probably going to mess up and drop the ball again. I need grace. I need mercy. I need God's forgiveness at work in my life as he finishes what he started into me, in me. So the enemy would like to make you feel bad because you've been disobedient to the Lord. Can I turn that around? Because the enemy's coming as a spirit of justice. He's going to come and talk, talk to you about how unfair it is that you're not ha- being blessed and why you don't have the best that God has. All. He's going to tell you all those things. And he's going to make you hard harder, and he's going to make your ear duller. You're not going to be able to hear. Because it ain't fair, ladies and gentlemen. But one thing I do know, because I've experienced it, Jesus is fair. So Jesus wants you to know he's okay with the fact that you've been hard-hearted, you hadn't been obedient. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the guy in the mirror. He works with that. He's just waiting on me, the guy in the mirror, to let him come so I can experience him whew, on a level that empowers to me to say, yes, Lord. So nobody here is expected to be a good girl or a good boy without God empowering you to be like him. He empowers you to step up to who he says you are, and you begin to enjoy life, and you'll find out that it's light and it's easy. It's never heavy or burdensome. The Lord is not, his burden is light and easy. Amen? And he's ready to blow your mind with waves of mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Amen. So what does choosing life look like? Let's, let's start in the Old Testament real quick and we'll move quickly here. Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. This is God talking to Israel. He's just delivered them out of Egypt. He set them free from being slaves. Would y'all say that's a pretty good deal? They've been set free. He ushers them out, blows their mind with signs and wonders brings them up to his mouth that he's chose to speak to them out, and he's speaking to them. And he says, I have placed before you life and death, blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, underline this in your spirit, By obeying his voice, Dwayne Lowe today serves in ministry. I am not the voice of God to you. This silence neat. that's good. We're going to go hear the voice of God. Pastor's going to preach to us today. No. I'm your brother, and I'm a servant of our Father to you as my brother Amen. To confirm what daddy is already speaking to you. But there may be a problem here. You may be hard in your heart and your ear may be dull of hearing. Because you've, like, like uh, one man said to Paul, you've, you've, made, you've, you've become mad because of much learning. Ladies and gentlemen, 
our world is a world of information. Our culture is more and more information. And if you're not careful, you'll get sucked into the vortex of it and you're gathering information all day long. Some of you might want to go check your phone and see how long you've been on it yesterday. Go, go, go check how many, how many moments you spent on Google or whatever it is. Amen. Uh, my wife says, well, pastor likes to get information. My, mine's all recipes. I'm looking for the next time to sit down and have fellowship, break bread. But let me, let me remind you, I know we're laughing to keep from crying, but being hard-hearted and being dull of hearing don't create good dynamic for relationship with God or with one another. Because when I'm hard-hearted and when I'm dull of hearing, I'm measuring everything from right and wrong. And my measurement may be different than yours because we all wear different lenses. And my measurement will hold God back. And the next thing you know, because I'm troubled or I'm frustrated or I'm depressed or I'm full of anxiety or I'm dealing with whatever I'm dealing with, amen, I created that because I made a choice to gather information that was not coming out of heaven. Amen. It was coming out of earth. And we're going to read that just shortly. Amen. And so he says that he said, choose life in order that you may live you and your descendants by loving the Lord, your God, by obeying his voice and by holding close to him. For this is your life and the length of your days. Amen. Choose life. So I, I checked that word choose out in Hebrew, and it was interesting to me to find out that it meant one thing. Try. Try. Just make a little effort. Just try. All God's asking is for us to just try to let his presence come. Amen. Lord, I got a problem here. I'm hard-headed. I'm not hearing you correctly. Or either I heard you, but I'm, I'm not getting it. And I need you to help me get it. I need you to help me hear what you're saying. I, mean, I need you to empower me, Lord, so that I can, if that's you saying that, I can go with you on this journey that you want me to go with you on. And he's not asking me and you to study and gather information on the level that we're eventually going to arrive at this intelligence level that we just, get, we, get, we can do it. No, he's asking us to ask not beg, seek, not beg, knock, not beg, and he'll give us the kingdom. And the kingdom is his presence being Lord in our life. And out of our hearts and our bellies, our innermost being, when he's the king of his kingdom, what comes out of us? Rivers of living water. Choose life. When you choose life on the level that he's asking, life comes out of you and it flows wherever you go. Amen? He's just looking for an available vessel that says, Lord, I don't know how to do this. You want to be in my heart and you want to be Lord of my life. I'm going to try. And my trying is, here you are, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do with it because I can't. 
And the Lord says, it's all I need, availability. Amen? Make it simple. And so, when Jesus comes on the scene, he invites people that had pain, sorrow, regret, failure, rejection in their life. Yeah. The ones that he chose, they didn't, they didn't pass the test. They failed the test. And he comes by and he says, come follow me. So what do you think the effort was in those boys that when they, he comes by, he, he spends just enough time to be attractive to them and says, come, come with me. Come go with me. And they got up, they made an effort, and they walked with him. They didn't have to perform miracles. They didn't have to do all that. He was the miracle performer. And as they worked with him and walked with him and hung out with him, he began to ask them to try a different, uh, try on a different level. I want you to go out by twos now. I want you to encourage one another as you go from one town to the next. I've given you power. Just walk up, knock on the door, make yourself available. What happens with it? If they don't receive you, that's okay. Just dust your feet off and go to the next door. We're not making people accept Jesus. We're just giving them the good news that he's available if you'll make yourself available. Amen? Jesus is the miracle worker then, and he's the miracle worker today. And so they decided to try. Come with me. Come follow me. Just hang out with me and let's see what happens. And so we've got a few examples here of how important it is. Remember, he says, pay attention when you hear my voice, is what God said in the Old Testament, right? And so uh, we, we've got Peter. He's, he's, he's beat up and he's, uh, he's, he's wore out and he's trying to figure out how to make ends meet and he's just, he's going through it. And Jesus finds Peter and asks him, can I borrow your boat today? And Peter's been working all night toiling, trying to fish, and he's cleaning the nets, and he says, sure. And he lets Jesus get in the boat, and he pushes it out a little bit so he could talk to the crowd that was gathered up on the, the sand. And Jesus begins to teach. Well, obviously, Peter's there cleaning his nets, and he's paying attention. And Jesus is impacting Peter's heart, so much so that when he gets through teaching, he says to Peter, push out, Peter, into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Now, keep in mind, Peter begins to share with him his justice lens. Lord, I'm tired right now. I've been working all night. And I ain't, I ain't got time to be wearing myself out even further. And he's basically letting Jesus know, I know how to fish, you don't. Did you might have this conversation with Jesus before? And he lets us talk like that to him. Why? Because he's so in love with us. And he knows we, we're looking for hope and we're looking for life and we're looking for fulfillment. He knows that. So he gives Peter a simple word. And it basically, just try, Peter. Just push out in the deep and drop you. I didn't tell you to do anything else. Just, just push out and drop the nets. You just got, just got them clean. And Peter says this, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. The things that Jesus was teaching in that boat prior to him challenging Peter 
had softened his heart enough. It wasn't as hard as it was prior to his teaching. It had woke up a little sense in his ear. He could hear the vibrations of a voice that he hadn't heard before on the level that he's hearing. Nevertheless, Lord, even though I feel this way, let's do this. And if you hadn't read that story, you need to read it. I'll let you go find out what happened. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Amen. She already knows how to hear God's voice. She heard it as a teenager. Early enough before her heart got hard. Well, that's good stuff for us older people. That's why being a child, becoming like a child is so valid so we can hear better. But they're, they're at a wedding, and, and Mary says, look, we got trouble here, and there's no way out of this trouble. You're the only answer, Jesus. And Jesus looks at Mary and says, look, ain't nothing changing for you if I do this. Everything's going to change for me if I do it. It's not my time yet. Mary is not even bothered by his response. She knows enough about him to know that whatever he says, and she goes and tells the servants, y'all got to catch this. I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying now. Whatever he says, do it. She's not even addressing. She said, you're God in flesh. You can work that out. You can handle it. That's basically the way I paraphrase Mary's response to him. Like, oh, you can ha- you're God. You can handle it. Whatever he says, servants, do it. And if you hadn't read that story, I'll let you go find out what happened. Because i got some important things I want to say in the next few moments. And you can only sit there so long without getting uncomfortable. Amen. Very important we catch this today because a lot of us are like the centurion. A Gentile centurion that has a son that's paralyzed and in much pain. And this father is not okay with his son that is paralyzed and suffering with much pain. And he don't have any other answers. But he heard, he heard that Jesus is the answer. And he can't figure it out. But if indeed he's the answer, I'm going to find out. And this man goes to Jesus and says, look, I have a son that's paralyzed and is suffering with great pain. And Jesus didn't let him get through. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, for you that are here, he's more after you and helping you more than you can imagine right now. He's not a respecter of persons. He's wanting to help you more than you want to be helped. And would you agree with me that that father wanted help, but his need for help didn't match Jesus' passion to help. Somebody needed to hear. Because if you pay attention right now and get over the, the playing field not being fair, get over it. Get over it. You'll hear the vibrations of heaven speaking right now that he's willing, will you let him? You'll hear it. He's talking. But he can't get through to us because we won't let him. Can I, can I just be honest with the guy in the mirror? 
justice screaming while, amen, God's mercy is speaking in a still small voice. That's really what's going on right now. And, and, and if you're not careful, you'll get pulled into the vortex of trying to get everything right so you can get God. You're never going to get everything right to get God. You can receive God today, and somehow, in his merciful way, he'll make it all right. That's the way our Lord works. And so Jesus said, I'll go to your house. Take me. And the man says, I'm not worthy that you should come to my house. He said, I'm a man, I'm an authority, and I understand authority. I say to this man, go, and that man, go, and they go. You can stand right where you're standing. This is what he's saying. And you can say it. And this father is saying, all I'm waiting on is you to say it. I'm just waiting on you to say it. Somebody's going to catch us here shortly. And Jesus <laughs> said, so be it. That's all that Simperian needed. And then he looks to the, the crowd. He said, I have never seen faith on this level before. Now, some of us here today are hurting enough, and you're dealing with some things and some challenges in your life enough. Amen. And the storm has been pushing enough. Amen. That the hardness is breaking down. Amen. And the ear is picking up some vibrations of hope. Amen. And thank goodness that the Lord trusts us Amen, with the journey we've all been on. But he's been with us in every battle, every storm, every circumstance that's just so unfair. And yes, the enemy won't stop talking about how the injustices don't pan out. It's just, it ain't going to work. It'll never be the same again. And the Lord said, oh, you ain't even come close to what it's going to be like. It's going to be awesome. Somebody will catch this today, that, that what you're going through, you can't even know him on the level he needs you to know him unless you experience some of the ugly you're going through. You can't understand how big he is until you find out, amen, what trouble's like and how small we really are when it could, is in comparison to him. And it's amazing how this world has a way of revealing our insignificance apart from God and our inability apart from God. But with God, all things are possible, right? Amen. And so that centurion goes home and there he is, a healed son. In it's his promise to all of us to experience his love first before we're empowered to trust him. It's the experience of God's love, the baptism of his spirit into our spirit where our two spirits come together and our spirit is resurrected and from that point we're empowered to trust what he's saying. Amen. Everybody wants to be, you know, Jesus is kid, right? Everybody wants to be associated with anything Jesus would do, right? 
and the Lord wants you to be associated with. And matter of fact, he wants you to be his conduit, amen, or his instrument or his identity in our world. More than we want to be that. And so he's allowed some things to happen which have come by way of our choosing. Can we all agree that God cannot be anything less than love? God is love. And some of you are saying, I, I want to believe that, Pastor Lowe. I'd, I'd love to believe that. But God loves me so much that he gives me a choice. And then he tells me what choice to make. Choose life, son. That's how good our daddy is. But I have rejected the right choice, and I have chose, rather, amen, to do it the way I believe it ought to be done, which is the way of death. And because I made the wrong choice, guess what happened? Trouble, pain, sorrow, regret, all the dynamics of what darkness looks like and death begin to happen in my life. But the beautiful thing that I could encourage everyone here, it doesn't happen for evil. It happens for a reason. Amen. Our world is in trouble because humanity keeps making bad decisions. And they're making these bad decisions. All of us are making these bad decisions because we think we're more intelligent than God. It's important for us to note because arrogance... And pride is real in the human flesh. Our Adamic nature is attracted, amen, to being in charge. Would anybody agree? I want to be in control of my life. Just listen to our news. Listen, listen, to our, listen to our world, our culture. And so God gives us the choice. And we make a choice based on how we measure justice. Right and wrong. And now we're in trouble. And have you ever heard anybody say, well, if God cared, he wouldn't let us go through all this. Anybody ever heard that before? Have you ever said it? God, if you cared, you wouldn't make me go through this and I wouldn't have to put up with that. And my God, you, if you love me, you would take care of this. We've all done it. It's on some level. We've had real talk with God, and it's that honesty and being transparent with God that moves him on the scene and sets us free. When we get honest, call repentance, being honest with God, telling the truth. And so, Lord, I don't obviously have your mind because I'm in this vortex, and I'm screaming at you, and you're trying to show me how to sleep and how to rest, and I think you don't care, Right? So God wants to give us this empowerment through his spirit. Amen. Save us from that. So I'm going I'm to read this to you. You'll find this interesting. Amen. Everybody wants to receive forgiveness. Everybody wants to be able to forgive, right? You want to overcome anger, pride, shame, guilt, lust, envy. Oh, man, it just goes on. A list. We want all that out of our lives, correct? Well, this is what the writer of Hebrews I believe Paul's writing the leather, and he's writing to the believers. It's not futuristic, ladies and gentlemen. This is right now. And it reads this way in verse 21 of Hebrews 12. The astounding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him to shudder 
with fear, and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. Now, he's, re- he's given us a rendition of what it's like on that side of the cross, other side of the cross, to hear the voice of God. And he shook when God spoke. It's important you catch this. On this side of the cross, instead of you shaking, something else shakes. Amen. Oh, well, you might shake. You might, you might shout. You might, you might fall on your face before God or whatever. But the Lord wants to get some things out of us that his voice can only get out of us. We can't get it out of us. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken until everything that cannot be shaken remains. And so if I want fear, anxiety, frustration, and the list goes on of things that's in my life, out of my life, it's going to take the voice of God to make the playing field level, isn't it? Amen. And so the people of Israel said, we can't handle it. When they heard God speak, whew, they could, man, this is too awesome. We can't handle it. You go, Moses. Anybody been in that situation before? You jump first. And so they all say, Moses, we can't, you go up there and you listen to what God's saying. You come back and tell us. And so Israel decided not to go up which was not cool. Going up means you get what you need, amen, and, 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 and your character. And it, when Moses come down, his face shone like the sun. I mean, when you're, when you're hearing the voice of God, there's something that shifts and changes in you. And I'm going to just tell you that I, I know and you know, every one of us knows when somebody's in the Spirit. When somebody's hosting the presence of God, they're attractive. The people you want to hang around all the time and you just can't get enough of, it's amazing how the presence of God makes them so magnetic, right? And every one of you are called to walk in that dynamic because ye are the light of the world. You are. You're the salt of the earth. God chose you and me. And he's asking us to make a choice today, choose life. And so I digress and, and, uh, and I want to move back. And then it goes on to say in the same verse, By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not futuristic. When you're born again of spirit and water, you enter into the city of God. When you go down in that water, Paul said, he says, you're buried with Christ in baptism. When you come up out of that water, you're resurrected to life. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Does anybody want that kind of life? You want to enjoy that kind of presence. And all he's asking us to do is try, choose, try. What's trying to me and you? Get honest with God. Number one, I'm going to try, Lord. I've been, boy, it's been rough. It's been painful, man. I've been, I've just been mad at you too, Daddy. I don't think it's fair. It's been wrong. It's been, and I'm just being, and you get honest with God. He'll meet you there. And help you get it all out. And then he asks you to make the effort to walk down to this foolish thing called water. Just trust him. Oh, he, you know, he's the one that gave the message away and it don't change. And he wants you to go down in that watery grave by faith. Y'all catching that? Faith pleases God. It's stupid. I know it's like weird. You see, but that's what's wrong with our stinking thinking. We're trying to figure God and his kingdom out. And he's trying to get us through the door. 
And when we try, we do our part, God shows up and blows our mind with being the God of glory that he is. And he makes the playing field level. He pushes all that any of his doing back. It says, we have joined the festal gathering of myriads of angels and their joyous celebration. When you're born again and you step into your identity in Christ and you're hosting God's presence, angels are celebrating. The ministering spirits are all around you. They're just waiting on your agreement, your effort just to try to say, yes, Lord. Because the moment we get in agreement with God, they're able to go and do what they do. And we don't have to try to do angels' jobs no more. We get to be the royalty that he calls us to be, just to be by his side, amen, to bear his name, to become his image, to become his expression. This ain't futuristics, ladies and gentlemen. It's not one day, one week, it's going to happen. No, it's, it's what happens when we allow the Spirit to come and make his abode among us. And it goes on to say, as a member of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirit of righteous men who have been made perfect in his eyes. Not in the eyes of humanity. <laughs> this world, they don't see you as perfect. Not the world, not the devil. But daddy sees you as perfect. He makes his abode among the spirits of men and women who are made perfect in his eyes. Not tomorrow. Now is the appointed day. Today is the day of salvation. The kingdom of God has already come. It's within you. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. I don't, this is not supposed to be a deep message. It's supposed to be a life-changing message where you begin to realize, man, this is better than what I can even imagine. And the Lord's just saying, look up for the hills for which come your help. He's ready to blow your mind today, not tomorrow. It'll always be today when God shows up and shows out and somebody that says, yes. Ain't nobody in this room can be good enough to deserve this. So there's nothing you need to achieve, amen, as it relates to being good and right when God says, okay, you finally made it to where you're good enough, I'll give it to you. No, he takes you right out of the mire, the dirt, the filth, the slavery, the prison, right where you are. When you make a choice for life, he takes you as you are because he's already purchased us. And it says here, and we have come to Jesus who establishes a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues today, today, the cross Greatest event that ever happened, he shed his blood. And that blood was put on the mercy seat, which is the throne of God, ladies and gentlemen. And it speaks from heaven today, forgiveness, a better message 
than Abel's blood that cries from the earth justice. Is anybody tracking yet? And the next verse says, make sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God that is speaking from heaven right now. God's speaking today. From Sinai, it would freak you out. It would shake you. You couldn't handle it. But on this side of the cross, because of the grace of God and the blood that was sprinkled on the throne of God, the very mercy seat of God, that blood speaks from heaven right now. Not justice, but forgiveness. Now, this is a challenge that we're all faced with today. When you think of someone, do you think of justice or forgiveness? When you think of a person, and I'm going to put all the people in your path that you know, everybody in the same path, they're in the path right here. Can you, can you give forgiveness to everybody in the path? Or is it sprinkled over that group, some that you just know, I've got, got to have some things change. Uh, go, there's retribution involved here. They're going to have to pay this. They're going to have to do that. And they're going to have to line up here. And they're going to have to get this straight. And if you're hearing retribution and justice, payback, you're listening to the voice of justice that is not the voice that speaks from heaven, forgiveness. Got to catch this. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I need forgiveness as God finishes what he starts in me. He isn't through yet. I found out in order for me to get more forgiveness, Jesus said, when you pray, pray this, forgive us even as we forgive those who are indebted to us. Because the bread from heaven, the bread that came down from heaven, the bread from heaven that is for the children, that bread is the voice of God which speaks forgiveness. But the tempter, lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil. You know what that means? Don't let me get bogged down and trying to get even with somebody that hurt my feelings or someone that I said did me wrong or anyone that owes me anything. Lead us not into temptation. Don't lead us into justice, Lord. Lead us into forgiveness. And Jesus opens up the scroll before he goes to his own hometown a prophet's not accepted in his own house right his own he goes to his own hometown and that's where he opens up the scroll and said the spirit of the lord is upon me come on in the presence of god there's fullness of, the spirit of is upon me to do what to heal the brokenhearted to give sight to the blind come on he starts it's not about justice ladies and gentlemen 
It's about the Spirit of God has come to make everything that we think justice needs to take care of. No, he's come to release it and set it free by forgiving it. And Jesus walks through the wall. And 11 boys he'd been spending time with for three and a half years are sucking their thumb. And they're complaining over the events that happened because this ain't right. That's dead wrong. And they can't even walk outside because they're scared for their own life because they're entertaining the wrong voice. What made Elijah so powerful and the chariot of fire waiting on him wasn't that he killed all the prophets that were false and that he could outrun a chariot and that, you know, he called rain down from heaven. It's when he was sucking his thumb and he was, he was tripping over his bottom lip and complaining about, Lord, I've been out here working for you trying to do what's right. And I'm being treated like this. And here he is, Elijah the prophet, and his heart is hard. He can't hear. He's deaf. And finally, the Lord, in his grace and mercy, like he does all of us, long-suffering, he said, Pay attention, Elijah. Listen. And when Elijah heard the still, small, not the thunder, not the earthquake, not the wind, not the fire, but when he heard that, you don't want to get in his way now. Because <laughs> when he heard it, he experienced it. Woo! Come on, somebody needs an experience in the spirit today. He experienced it. Oh. <sighs> Jezebel don't want to get in his way now. <laughs> He's focused. He's on mission. His mission's not her. He, his mission's not to run from that spirit. His mission is to go anoint kings and prophets. And a chariot of fire is waiting on him. And on this side of the cross, every one of you and everybody in this world from heaven's lens is greater than Elijah. Everybody. That's what Jesus said. And he can't lie. We just ain't found out how passionate he is about us and how he wants to get us out of the ditch and how he wants to save us from our anger and our frustration and our guilt and our shame and our judgment and our justice ideas. And so he walks through that wall and 11 boys, he corrects them because of their hard-heartedness and their inability to hear. The good news. And then he tells them, all right, since I got your attention. You know, I'm just telling you, I feel it in the spirit right now, y'all. Daddy's walking through some walls in your life. They're your prison walls. And he's talking to you. And he's softening your heart right now. And you can hear the vibrations of heaven in your spirit. And you have some hope that you didn't have before today. I can't do this stuff, but only he can. He uses imperfect vessels, humanity, to pour his glory into the earth. Not because anybody in this room's good, but because he's good. And he tells those boys, these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? The voice that's speaking from heaven. The voice, what voice is speaking from heaven? Amen. Forgiveness. 
I can't receive forgiveness because I won't give it. I can't receive mercy because I won't give it. I'm not happy because I won't let the one who is manifest through me. So what do we do? We just try. We just try. Some of you just, just try. Just try. Choose life today. These signs shall follow them. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. He then, she that believeth and is baptized, the same shall be saved. He that believes not, you didn't walk through the door. You want to go through the door, ladies and gentlemen. You want to get through the door. Don't try to figure out how and why God does. Just, just say, yes, Lord, try. You shall speak with new tongues. If you drink any deadly thing, come on, COVID ain't got no power over God and his kingdom and his chosen. He didn't call me you to worry about anything. Worry is a type of witchcraft and sorcery. He called you and I to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We're not worried about sickness and disease, but we're not going to put it in nobody's face either. We're going to be merciful and kind and courteous and be like Jesus and meek and long-suffering and available to encourage them out of their pain. And their... Come on, how many people are locked up in a room like the disciples? Afraid because of all the injustices. You can make a difference today. Can we all stand? Woo. You see how in the room the presence of God is thick? And we're kind of like, I don't know what to do next. That's okay. It's okay. Just try. Just try. Don't worry about who's beside you or behind you. We're in front of you. Just try. <laughs> God will meet you wherever it is you're at, and everybody's at a different location. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about in your spirit. I'm talking about in your heart. Just try. He's faithful, and he's just, and he's not asking you to do anything. He's not even asking you to forgive your brother prior to being empowered to forgive your brother. He's not asking you to be merciful to anybody prior to him empowering you to be merciful. He wants you to let him come to you and pour life in you so you can give the life away. Our community and our world's waiting on us to try. People that you love in your path that is suffering like that centurion's son in pain is hoping that we'll just try. And so the Lord invites us today. In your own way, he'll meet you where you are. Just try. Amen. Is it okay like we do, Daddy? Come on with a kiss. Just reach up to Daddy. Will you pick me up? <laughs> I need your attention. And, and you reach up to him. It's amazing how he'll. Come on, my little, my little grandson, my granddaughter. They reach up. Guess what? I'm not pushing that away. There's all kind of good stuff that comes with that. Sugar, hugs. Mmm. How much more does daddy want to hug you and love on you right now? Let's just try. Could we lift our hands and surrender? You've got his attention. 
Anything can happen right now. Anything can happen. That still small voice is talking. take over you're welcome to come down if you want to